Here we go. Another podcast of Square Dance Callers Talking. Tonight, I have a U.S. Air Force veteran. He is a Caller Lab member. He's a board of the governors, board of governors. He's on the marketing committee for Caller Lab. He's an accredited caller coach. He is one of the leaders of Grand Square International. We'll talk about that, too. He's a staff coach for the GSI, and he's also a national and international caller. Tonight, it is my honor to talk to Jack Platties. Jack, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. That's quite an intro. Thank you. Oh, absolutely, sir. I want to make sure I got everything in there. And and like I said, we've known each other for a couple of years now. Right. And um, I've really wanted to talk to you like this. We've got to spend some time at uh, – a, a few of the caller labs and we've got to spend some time at uh, some dances and things like that and other little right. things. And, uh, man, I, you know, I just, uh, I really like dancing to you. I like hearing you call. Uh, I've learned a lot from you in all the schools I've gone to, but I want tonight, uh, this afternoon to talk about you some. And um, so okay. just like I do with everybody, kind of tell me when you started square dancing, when you started taking lessons and how'd that all start for you? Where were you? Oh, wow. Uh, that goes all the way back to um, about 1980. Okay. Um, I had just, um, just arrived to Okinawa, Japan, and um, uh, my wife at the time and I wanted to do something other than just hang out with the guys in the squadron okay. um, at, at Kadena Air Base, you know, and uh, so uh, so we were, we were in the commissary getting some some goodies there. We, had, we were still living in temporary quarters at the time. And uh, um, we saw the flyer for Square Dance. Come learn Square Dance. Okay. Well, be honest with you, I wasn't really big into doing that. It was not on my radar. I wanted to play softball and bowl and right. like, you know, I was 25 years old at the time. No, I wasn't. It wasn't in my, it wasn't in my uh, wheelhouse at the time. Um, so I pretty much did everything I could to avoid going to square dance lessons um, over over in the overseas theaters. And those of you that are military listening to this, you'll understand what I'm talking about. We used to have this thing called the Air, uh, the Armed Forces Radio and Television Network. Mm -hmm. So everybody that got TV shows in the um, U.S., we would get them two or three weeks later. And if there were the miniseries that came out, we would they would go on five nights in a row rather than five weeks in a row or something like that. Well, I actually sat down and watched the first two episodes of Roots, if you remember when that came out. I do, I do, so I saw I, it. Yeah, just so I could watch the third episode and skip square dance lessons. <laughs> I mean, I, that's how bad I didn't want to do it. Okay. But so be it, you know, I made it through the square dance lessons and and um, and this was in uh, actually the lessons were on Kadena Air Base in Okinawa. Um, but I was living on a Marine camp in in uh, government housing, and uh, there was a club on the Marine camp, and there was a club on 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 Kadena Air Base. The Geckos were on Kadena Air Base, and the Red Hots were on on um, on, on Camp Butler. Okay. Well, um, we started dancing. Camp Butler, uh, the caller was a a Marine. Um, many of you might remember him. Uh, he came back to the U.S. and became a very famous round dance cure. Uh, Bob Malthouse okay. was our, uh, I'm sure some of the people listening will remember him. And um, but he got rotated off the island and um, and moved on. 
Um, we had a Japanese caller that called for the Japanese club at the time, but he was also an attorney, and he he really didn't have time to take on the two clubs uh, on, the, on the military basis. So over in that kind of theater, if you're standing on the sidelines and, and you know how to tap your feet in time with the music, you generally become the next caller. And, and everybody will say, okay, you be our caller now. Well, the clubs had their own um, records. They had a box of about 45 records and uh, um, a little old Hilton and, and uh, a, a big Hilton speaker. And, and so they told me to take it home. That was on, uh, actually, that was on June 11th of 1982. And uh, on June 22nd, 11 days later, I called my first square dance. Right, okay. I, I crammed for two weeks before that. Uh, my daughter had just been born um, a month earlier. So what I would do is every day I'd get home from work, I would put her in one arm and I would put a mic in the other and I would sit there for hours each night just practicing. Um, I would practice singing calls and, and uh, I, would, I, would, I would use the singing call figures to practice patter. You know, I, I had no training and there was nobody there to tell me how to do this thing. All I had was 45 records and uh, I used them all too, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, a lot of chaparrales, a lot of rhythms, mm-hmm. a lot of ESPs and and uh, uh, blue stars. So anyway, um, so this went on for a couple of months. I called my first dance, but I would sit down and we talk about this in the schools. I would sit down and I'd write my choreography. I didn't know anything about modules mm-hmm. or get outs or get ins or any of that stuff. Um, I would just sit down and, and write the choreography based on the the cue sheets on the singing call figures. Okay. Well, um, I was doing this for a couple months and, uh, you know, having a good time at it. And we have three, four squares at our clubs over there. Well, every time I would call, I would get excited. I'd look up so I could see what the dancers were doing. I'd look down at my paper, and I'm sure you've been through this. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. My place. Lost yeah. my place. I screwed everything up. So <laughs> it was like, okay, everybody run home and let's start this all over. Yeah. Well, this went on for about three months. It was it was middle of August sometime, and, and um, um, in 1982, and and uh, I was getting frustrated. I said, you know what, I got to figure out a better way to do this thing. Right. And, uh, so we went home after a dance one night, and I sat. To, I went up to the kitchen table, and I and I made me some checkers out of paper, and I and I told myself I'm going to sit here at this table as long as it takes where I can learn how to call without having to read. So in my mind, seven hours later, it was about four or five o'clock in the morning. uh, In my mind, I thought I invented sight calling. It was nobody else. I I invented sight calling. I I invented a sight resolution method. um, and, And I just thought I was, you know, the big dog at that time, you know, and I couldn't wait to the next dance and, Next dance, I, I employed all that stuff that I taught myself that night, and it worked out fantastic. And, wow. and, uh, and you know, so I started doing this site calling, a site resolution, and using some of this written stuff. Uh, at the time, I didn't know it was called modules, but I knew it worked. And that's what yeah. a module is, right? A module yes, is something that starts from a you know known beginning formation to a known ending formation. Wow. Yep, that all worked for me. And, and I had this site resolution thing going on, and and uh, I thought it was cool. Uh, a month later, started a lesson class at the USO on Kadena, 
And uh, we had about eight squares in that lesson class, and it was fantastic. Um, um, had a great time, and everything was going along, and and uh, started getting the American Square Dance magazine, and the sets in order and all that, and, and started reading stuff, and you know, using modules from there, and employing my site resolutions, and really working hard all through that year. And I thought, you know, man, I can't wait to get back and meet some other square dance callers and tell them what they can do, make it yeah. easier. You know, so wow. I, at that time, I thought I was a caller coach already. <laughs> so, so long story, uh, make it short. So later that uh, following year, uh, the summer of 1983, I, I rotated out. Um, reassigned to uh, um, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in, in uh, Dayton, Ohio. And came back to the U.S. and and uh, then I started getting meeting other callers and getting material and finding books that I can buy and everything. And I bought this one book by Jack Lasry, and he had this site resolution method in that book, and it was my site re resolution. Okay. And I thought, hey, wait a minute, I invented that. <laughs> As I found out, I did not invent it, but it really helped me. <laughs> develop as a caller because yeah. man, I just work hard to get there. You know, the guys these days have have so many, so many resources, you know, with the internet oh, and yeah. all Gosh, the yeah. websites that we've got and, and things we can do. Well, you know, back in back in the uh, early eighties we didn't have all that. So it was really nice to get back to the States and and uh you know get some written material, meet some callers and uh you know start getting some some really good direction. Yeah. Got back I, I can't believe you were doing that without you. You didn't put checkers in until a couple of months later. You were writing this stuff. <laughs> Great goodness! That, you're just writing it out, just thinking about it. That, that's impressive. That's Great all goodness. I was doing. I didn't know what checkers were. I had to sit down and and and, and I took paper and I cut paper into to uh, you know eight people and mm -hmm. you know, circles for the the girls and squares for the boys and 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 I went at it and. And didn't realize that that was what checkers really were. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, yeah. now you've got computer cool. programs that'll do it all, and uh, you don't know, have to move a thing. Yeah, I, I think it made me a better caller. Oh, know? absolutely. Yes. You know, it, I didn't get, I don't want to say handed anything, but mm -hmm. but I had to sit there and, you know, and, and develop it myself. And, 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 you know, so it reinforced everything that I was doing. Everything mm -hmm. I did went on paper and, and uh, so I, I, you know, I, I really, I look back on that, and I really appreciate that first year that I, I really studied hard and worked hard, you know, and, and didn't realize how hard I was working until later. Got into, uh, and so there, there in eight, 1983, I moved to Wright Patterson, and yeah. that's where I met uh, a fellow named Chuck Myers. Okay. He's no longer with us, but Chuck became my mentor, and uh, Chuck was just fantastic. He. Uh, when he passed away, he was living in Pensacola, Florida. But um, um, you know, he was he was a fantastic caller, and and he took me under his wing, and and um, I you know he became my mentor, and he took me places and 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 taught me things that I never thought was even possible in square dancing. Um, you know, Chuck always told me, he said, for every ten things you remember, you're going to forget ten things. You know, so keep writing them down and all that kind of stuff, and. and uh, so things worked out pretty good, you know. He he's the one that got me going and and uh, and uh, progressed. And I stayed in Ohio until uh, 1990 uh, when I reassigned to uh, 
Hill Air Force Base in Utah. And my, by this time, my college career was starting to blossom a little bit. I, I got on Chicago Country Records and did a few records for Jack Berg and his team and met some really great callers, you know, uh, being with Chicago Country Records, uh, Bob Pointer, Kurt Braffitt, you know, Jack Berg, uh, just to name a few. They're just fantastic callers and, and uh, developed a really nice network of uh, callers through the, the music industry. And, and then when I moved to Utah, I met Al Horn, who lived in Utah. He used to be the uh, owner and producer of all the uh, uh, you know, mountain and prairie. And, okay. And those I've heard of those. Yep, yep. And uh, I did a song for him on Desert while I was in Utah and, and uh, found another caller to uh, kind of be my mentor, uh, Craig Satterthwaite. And he's still out there calling. And mm -hmm. uh, he's the one that kind of got me started calling advanced and and uh, taught me how to uh, dance advance. And, and then uh, pretty much got started calling advanced from him. So, so he was the, you know, the second big mentor. In 1992, moved back to uh, Ohio, um, where by this time Chuck was about ready to retire and, and moved down to uh, Mobile, Alabama, okay. and and he was living down there. Um, and I was starting to you know spread my wings pretty good. You know, I was calling uh, four or five clubs in in the local area and. And was starting to travel, you know, two, three hundred miles. I thought I was somebody if I went two hundred miles. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Holy crap. Yeah. I go two hundred miles and make a hundred dollars. I thought I was the greatest thing in the yes, world. Yes, sir. I know that <laughs> feeling. Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, um, and progressed, you know, through the nineties, and that's when I got started getting involved in Collar Lab and and whatnot. But the best thing that ever happened to me is is I met my current wife, Sherry. Um, in 1993, and and uh, we got married in 1995, and, okay. and you know she's the one that's just you know giving me all the motivation I need to continue on and and try to be the best I am. So that's you know, to have somebody that's standing behind you, and, yes, and uh, you know standing beside you, if you will. But Sherry's the greatest, and a lot of people love her, and and a lot of people think that I'm. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be anywhere. And I kind of believe that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I kind of believe that. Oh my gosh! I mean, that is yeah, such I, a that's such a good story. Um, yeah. There's a whole lot more behind it, but uh, but those are the, that's just the basic parts of it. And it's it was it was it was quite a ride. Um, and I'll tell you, um, the next phase. Let, let me if I can just continue on that little timeline. Absolutely. So, Go ahead. So in the in the early to mid nineties. When I first came back to Ohio, I met another another caller that uh, actually I'd already known him, but uh, got close to him. His name was Jerry Helt, and uh, a very very famous caller. And, uh, he's not with us anymore either, but uh, <clears throat> he, uh, um, you know, he's worldwide famous, and he he was just a fantastic caller at the lower levels. Um, you know, the basic and. And he had a group that were, he would call regularly once a week that they wouldn't go past 20 basics. And uh, he'd have 15 squares every week and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so so I learned from the bottom end also. Um, and then, uh, but I guess one of the biggest things that really made a, a major change in, in, in the direction of my calling, because by this time, you know, by the late 90s, I, 
I was, you know, becoming a pretty established caller. I you know, was, was, you know, considered a very good regional caller and and stretching out and doing some things, you know, across the country here and there, but you know, not a lot. <clears throat> but in the late, late 90s, uh, my uh, relationship with uh, Tony Oxendine and, and Jerry Story really blossomed. Okay. And uh, Tony is the one that uh, he came to me. Uh, I've been to Louisville National uh, way back in 2010 or 29, something like that. I can't remember. Um, uh, he came to me and says, you need to start letting me be a uh, color coach. And by this time, I'd already been doing a few things, you know, in the early 2000s um, along the coaching lines and um, you know, doing some mentoring of some of the callers in our local area, things like that. Um, so then so then I went under Tony's wing and, and uh, worked hard. It took about six or seven years to really get your accreditation and get all the hours okay. in and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a... It's 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 quite a process. It's, sure. it's not something that happens overnight. It's uh, you have to you know amass and document um, you know well over two hundred plus hours of, of coaching and teaching. You got to do several full forty hour schools and uh, pass a uh, pretty rigorous test to become a, a accredited coach. It's about one hundred thirty questions. You're only allowed to get like two wrong or something like that. And um, and then oral exams and let me tell you what that oral exam was. That was uh, interesting. My my uh, the, the guys that gave me my orals was uh, Ken Matushi and John Jones. Let me tell you what those two guys that are that are big in the activity and they know what they're talking about. And they Absolutely. Wanted sure, they wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about if I was going to be out there coaching all you all you young guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. And we do but, appreciate it. Yeah. And and you know and then over the years you know Tony and I became best friends and and uh, you know our wives are best friends and you know we do a lot of stuff beyond square dancing now and it's that's nice to do um, but uh, but we work hard for square dancing and and uh, and you know we feel like you know it's really in our blood it's it's it's, it's what we do and and um, you know we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to make this activity nurture. Um, you know, I'm getting very involved in Color Lab now. Of course, like you said, I'm now on the board of governors. I'm the chairman of the marketing committee. Um, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm executive committee elect. After next week, I'll be officially on the executive committee. So you can add that to my resume there. Okay. Okay, I'm doing it. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's just you know, just it's just going like crazy, and I'm hoping to. Hope I lead a good example. That's all I want to do. Is you, I do. Wanna, you do. I want to. I want to be somebody that uh, you know is doing the right thing and and uh, you know being a good ambassador to our activity. Yes, sir. Sometime having some fun, hanging out with guys like you. Uh, I know we've had some good times already. Yes, sir. Drinking a couple of diet Pepsi's. Yeah, it is definitely diet Pepsi's. <laughs> I tell you, um, and we did. Uh, I, I had heard you and seen you because the difference and with, with the story that with your story of coming up through it um, is, is unlike and now the some of the guys that have been in it for years, they have that story where you basically taught yourself up until you had a mentor. Um, you know, me starting out and some of the guys that I know that are, if you want to say in my class, not even age because everybody starts at a different age, you mm -hmm. know, I immediately have 
a couple of callers around me that were like, Hey, you should try this. And this is what a module is and doing, you know, so I had stuff, you're getting fed it. Here you go. Here you go. Try this. Um, And then with all the schools that you can go to now, and that's where I met you. I I think it probably was at a GSI school first. And then um, just uh, like I say, last year, we got to spend a lot of time together and drink a lot of Diet Pepsi. Uh, Diet Coke. I'm from Georgia. It's Diet Coke. Oh, yeah, I was from, from Georgia. And um, so uh, at the campground at Pride and all that. So and when I talk to you guys, I mean, it, it makes it so much easier for me. And, you know, I like to think that I'd still be doing it if I didn't have all the support. And a lot of these guys that don't have all the support, but we have so much. I was telling right. them I've never as a group of people go men and women callers. I've never seen a more supportive group. I mean, I'm in law enforcement in the real world. I played sports growing up, and there was always somebody that was looking to take your spot. Right. Um, in square dancing, I don't see that. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there. Don't get me wrong. And you get a group of people right. together, you're going to have a bad apple in there. But on a whole, the square dancing community, and especially the callers, um, it's just like, hey, man, what can I do for you? Is there anything you have any questions? Call me. Do this. Do that. You know, hey, maybe you want to go to this school next year uh, just to yep. check it out. I've picked up so much. Ken Rattucci also. I need to talk, call and talk to that guy, too. I've been to a couple of his schools. I went to the Northeast one. Phenomenal. Um, and all the good. other stuff like that. Yeah, so, he's the chairman of our Colorado Accreditation Committee right now. Since you've seen both ends of it, you know, teaching yourself and then you're an act, you're a, a um, accredited caller coach now. What advice do you have for somebody who's thinking about calling or is just in their first year or two just trying to make headway? What do you what any kind of advice? Well, sure. Um, you know, like you said, one of the things we didn't have, you know, and, and like I said, I started in the early 80s. One of the things we didn't have is we didn't have a lot of this resource, this college schools, you know, uh, the, the school at the National Square Dance Convention. Heck, I can go online right now and I can find a college school almost every month somewhere around the country now. And, uh, um, and you know, we've got 32, I think, might be changed, I don't know, but 32 accredited college coaches through Color Lab. And, and uh, every one of them works hard. They know their stuff. It doesn't make them any better than the next guy. But it, it validates what they've done, and they've worked hard to learn and and be able to get things done correctly. So, as a new caller, there's a couple things I I recommend. First thing is is find a mentor. You know, find somebody that you can tail along with. Um, I think that's very important. You know, again, I I did a lot of self teaching that first year, mm-hmm. uh, but but it really didn't start coming together until I until I found Chuck Myers and. And, uh, you know, started, I, I'd go over to his house, you know, two, three times a week. We didn't live far from each other. And, and uh, we'd be pushing checkers and that kind of thing. And, and just talking square dancing and talking calling. Um, I'd get in the car with him and go to a dance and and uh, just kind of watch what he does. And and, uh, and believe it or not, a lot of the mannerisms that Chuck had, I still have. Uh, yep, I agree. If any, if any dancers from back then... Uh, would have come up to me and they say, hey, that's what Chuck used to say, or that's how Chuck used to do it, you know? Yeah. So so, so that, that first mentor is going to make a lot. Now, okay. here's the big thing about the schools and the, the accredited color coaches and whatnot. You can get a mentor, but that doesn't necessarily mean your mentor is doing everything correctly. Okay? Yes, sir. 
you know, because a lot of our mentors were self-taught and, you know, learned from way back when we didn't have all the resources and maybe some of the things they were doing was not correct. Um, but, um, and so you, and you start doing these things, you know, your mentor, you start doing what your mentor did. Um, you know, I was very fortunate. Chuck was doing a lot of things correctly. Um, very few things that you could find anything wrong with because Chuck had the passion to become a very good caller. But there are some guys out there teaching guys that are maybe, you know, doing some things that may not be correct, you know, hand availability or flow or yeah. things like that. Flow, yeah. That's what you can get out of by going to these official schools. You know, learn what you can from your mentor, but actually go to some 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 actual education sessions and 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 schools as as a new caller. Uh, if you got guys, you know, here's here's one thing we used to do a lot in in um, in Southern Ohio back in the early '80s and, and mid '80s is uh, we had a club in Dayton. It was called the Dayton Square Dance Club. There, imagine that. And uh, all they did was hire. It was, it was twice a month, and all they did was hire national college. You know, and uh, you know we had we had all, all those guys coming through. You know, you had the, the you know Elma Sheffield and the Tom Miller and the Tony Oxendine and the Jerry Story and the Larry Letson and everybody going mm -hmm. through. And you know they they would get hired. And they'd call this club every every other week. This is when there was a big traveling circuit for these full time college. So what we would do in our college association is we would get together and we would contact this guy and we say, hey, look, we'll pay you $100 and buy your breakfast if you do a two-hour seminar on Saturday morning before you leave town. Very nice. Okay. And they they, they ate that up. <laughs> so we, we would get these these national guys come in and we'd have a two-hour college teaching seminar uh, before they head town and he went on to their next gig. So we took advantage of that. Um there's not a big collar traveling circuit anymore like there used to be in you know in the seventies and the eighties and even the nineties. But there's still guys moving around and traveling and and uh, you know, especially these days, you know, we're 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 getting here and there and paying for a hotel room. <laughs> well, if you see somebody coming in town, get with your local association um as the new caller and say, Hey, let's get try to get this guy to stick around for a few hours on you know, the next morning before he leaves town because you can learn something from anyone. Sure. And, you know, these guys aren't on the road and these guys aren't full-time college not knowing what they're doing. And um, everybody has got something that will add to, you know, the total experience uh, as you're learning to call. Um, I still go to all the seminars. Um, we, we recently, our, our, our local college association, we had Ted come in and and do a weekend seminar. And unfortunately, that was right after my surgery, and I wasn't able to to uh, go. But uh, they said it was a fantastic seminar, and, and even the experienced callers learned something every time some one of these guys come through, or girls uh, come through, and, and uh, you know, there's always something to learn. So yeah. don't ever give up on that um, formal education. But I, again, most importantly, find somebody that you can. You know, tail along with. I got two guys that I'm kind of um, mentoring right now. Um, you probably remember them. Remember Big Ed, Big Tall Ed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah, Ed, Ed Via. He's uh, um, he's he's doing a fantastic job. Okay. He's, he's learning. He comes around with the dances. We have sessions together, micro sessions and whatnot. And he's starting to call dances and getting booked by clubs and. 
Nice. Um, yeah, then, you know, him being six foot nine, he doesn't need a stage. <laughs> and then the other guy is, is Dirk Iwima. I don't remember him from the school last year. He was brand okay. new at school in Evansville. Wow. And, yeah. and, and, and he's coming along really, really well. So, so, uh, so I'm hoping I'm giving these guys some stuff, but I'm telling them both to uh, go out and get in some, some schools and, and whatnot. And, and they're looking up schools. I think mom's going to St. Louis here for a school pretty soon. Okay. So I, I don't know what else to say. I, that's, yeah, no, I mean, that's I agree. And, and you, really, you really, even if you've got, if you could say this person is the best caller teacher of all time, you still need to see other people. Because oh, just like you were saying, I'm going to pick a little bit up from you when I watch you. Sure. Even if, if I go to dance to you, I'm looking right. at it from a caller's perspective. I go to dance and I'm so into what the caller's saying. I'm like, mm -hmm. OK, OK. And so I'll pick up something from you and then I'll go and I'll see Hunter Keller and I'll go dance to mm -hmm. Hunter at a convention somewhere. And I'll be like, oh, I like the way he did that. And I'll okay. even go up to him afterwards and say, hey, tell me about that again. I'll write it down if it's a module or something like that. That's called I get something I, and, and just put it all together. So I want to be, I want to be plaid. I want to be a little bit of everybody, you know, right. um, and then develop your own thing off of everybody. So um, I like that. And yeah. So I want to be plaid just in case you had the ES on the end, you know. Plaid <laughs> is okay. <laughs> I'll be that. I'll be plaid one day. I'll grow up on me. I'll be plaid east. That'll work out okay. There you go. <laughs> um, so, but you, yeah, I, I, I totally get it. I, um, one of the things I used to have in, in one of my presentations, and I think Scott had it in one of his presentations, was we had the, the, the Frankenstein's collar. And we had all these different categories of what makes a great collar. And we, we showed, um, you know, like, Choreography was Randy Dory, you know, and, and presentation it was Tony Oxendine, and, and you know, appearance was Dee Dee Doherty, and and we, you know, all the way down, all the different attributes of a caller, and we had every, you know, all these fantastic callers. Each caller had a separate attribute, and and uh, um, and that we called it Frankenstein's collar, and that's exactly what you want to be. You want to be plaid. You want you want a little bit of everything. Yes, sir. And, and and but you still want to be yourself, you know, and and develop your own stick, you yeah. know, using the tools that all these other guys can provide. Um, one of the other things for new callers I wanted to mention is, is um, set goals. Mm -hmm. You know, set goals. Set set your 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 six month goal, and then your one year goal. Where where do you think you want to be? Uh, your five year goal. You know, your two year goal. Your five year goal. Uh, ten years old, and say, okay, this is what I want to do. Say, if I'm a brand new caller uh, in one year, I want to be able to call a dance. Right. Okay. Um, I want to be able to go and do a two, two, two to two and a half hour dance, and and uh, you know, built out about seven or eight, nine singing calls, and be able to call five or six batters, and and be able to do that. That'd be one year goal. Okay. And then say five year goal would be is is I want to be a club caller. I want to be teaching square dancing and and um, and that kind of thing. You know, your ten year goal is you want to be a part of the the local callers association and and start helping develop other callers and things like that. And you know, so set goals. You know, make them a don't make them too easy. 
Right. You know, you know, they'll say, okay, uh, I don't want to call a dance for five years. That's too easy. Yeah. You know, push yourselves. And then and then make a plan what it's going to take to get there. Um and 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 try to figure that out. Um, always as a new caller, try to get involved in the local callers association. I highly recommend Caller Lab, mm -hmm. um, even a brand new caller, because there's a lot of great information coming out of Caller Lab, and uh, you know a lot of lot of uh, um, folks that you can you know work with and talk to and and um, you know just kind of network with. Yeah. Um, so get involved in that. Um, of course, you, you know, you want to set your financial goals, too. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be making a bunch of money <laughs> right away. Yeah. You know, it's, it's more of a financial investment than it is anything. You know, you know when you start talking about music and, and equipment and computer and speakers and all that, you're going to spend, you know, quite a bit of money. It's it's, it's an investment to start off, for sure. Um, and then... You kind of figure your way around it, you know, and once people get to know you, there's always something that's like, hey, you know, uh, my first yak stack and all that was given to me by uh, the guy who was teaching me because he had two or three sets. And yeah. so that really helped me rather because especially starting out, you know, I could barely get through one tip by myself. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to go out and drop, you know, $300 on a turntable and then another $400 on speakers and, you know, and say, well, you know, I'm not even calling dances yet. So, it, yeah. you know, it's yeah. something you, you've got to have a goal. you got to have a focus. And um, once you get into it, and Caller Lab was huge for me. Um, I was really, I was progressing what I thought was pretty well um, locally here in the Atlanta area when I first started out and um, calling some tips here and there. And we had about, at the time, we had about six clubs in the area that I would go to. And all mm -hmm. the callers, again, like I was saying, Every time I'd walk in, they're like, hey, did you bring your microphone? Did you bring a record? And I was like, yeah. So I'd go out to my car because I never brought all my stuff in expecting to call. That was just one Very thing good. I would do. But Absolutely. I knew I'd walk in and they're like, hey, man, go get your stuff. And I'd go back out to the car and bring my record in and my mic and all that. And then we'd go up. And so, but when I got into Caller Lab and I started going to the Caller Lab conventions and I went to a couple of the caller schools through Caller Lab and, and meeting everybody and seeing, you know, and hey, let me look at YouTube. Let me who is this Tony Oxendine guy? You know, and I, I look up that, and I'm like, wow. And you can just hear it. You can see it if you look at it, but you can hear the difference in a caller that's done it for years and has taken it to another level, as opposed to the the guys that are in their five, eight, ten years just starting out. You know, so right. Caller Lab was really big for me in that. Um, so, and it, you've recorded some music also, yes. Right. Yep. Uh, if and it's tough, and, and I know I've talked to a few callers now on this podcast, and just in general, um, I have two of my favorite singing calls. If, if just a hand, what, what do you think your favorite singing calls? If you came in and said, "Hey, let me just go up there and do a singing call," what's your singing call right now? You think that's well, your favorite? It, it kind of goes in spurts. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I like one for a while, then I like another one for a while. Uh, Oh, crap! Now you maybe look at look at my list here. Hang on a second. <laughs> Give me a second. I want to look at my list because I got. I, um, I don't know how well you guys use. Um, hang on just a minute. How well you guys use Square View? But I actually have a a folder 
um, a playlist in Square View that's called Favorites. And okay. these are the ones these are the ones that are my favorite. And then, you know, it just depends on how much I used it here and there. Uh, one of my one of my one of my big favorite uh, records of movies is a um, one that Scott put out called One of These Nights. It's an Eagles tune. It is okay. Uh, Very I, good I song. Yeah, I, I love that tune. It, I use it a lot. Um, of course, you know, I'm pretty partial to a lot of Royal records. Yes, sir. Uh, only because, you know, I'm recording with Royal now. Okay. And, um, I just recorded one with Shauna on Sheep called I Can See Clearly Now. So right now, that's one of my favorites. Okay. I, where I, go. I can see clearly. I'll check that out. Yeah, and actually, she did a fantastic job on that. That was that was a funny story. Can I tell that story? Absolutely. Have at it. Okay. So so I'm recording with with Royal now. I've been recording with you know Tony about five or six years now. I can't remember how long. I've done you know a dozen records or whatever. And um, um, so so what what Tony expects us to do, you know, was Tony and Jerry, um, what they expect us to do, you know, on the guys on the label is. You know, kind of, we hear some, we hear a tune, something that sounds really good. We shoot it to him and say, "Hey, this, this might make, this might work." You know, and, and then Tony starts uh, cataloging all these songs and putting them on a on a list and, mm -hmm. and um, um, you know, as you know, possible new songs. Well, um, last year when you were in your school, that's right, when you guys were down there at the uh, the Nashville school, mm -hmm. you might even remember this. I think you guys were all at dinner and Sean was there, right? Yeah. Um, so so I, I was listening to uh, a Christian net, uh, station. My wife likes to listen to Christian music, and, and we were driving in the car. and listening to Christian station. This song came on, I Can See Clearly Now, by uh, Taryn Peck and the New River Band. And um, um, it was really cool. A nice version, a nice Christian version of this song. And uh, so I dug it up on YouTube, and I shot it over to Tony. Well, apparently you guys were at dinner when it came in. And so Tony's like, here, Shauna, listen to this. And it was a really cool version of, of the song. And Shauna said, oh my gosh, I've, I've been wanting to record that. I've, that's on my list. And, um, and but not that version. She had you know, the, the, the old, I think it was Johnny Rivers or whoever put it I out. I think it was, yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and, and, and she heard that version. She loved it. And so Tony said, well, you want it? And she said, well, sure. And then I guess she got feeling funny about it because here's a song that I pushed over to Tony and then Tony yeah. just gave it to her, right? Which I, I was fine with that. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> anyway, so a few minutes later, I think you guys were still at dinner. She's texting me. She says, you want to record this song on a sheet? And there we went, you know? So I ended up doing that song on a sheet and... Yeah, you you were a part of that. That's so, awesome, man! I did not know that. That's great. Yeah. But what was really cool is is um, unlike Tony, and you probably remember that dinner. We go to the studio and and watch the awesome musicians there in Nashville at the Hilltop Studio. We and you know you tell them what song they're going to do, and they chart that thing out. You know, the night before with John, yep. and chart that thing out, and and, uh, and then they he has these copies and gives them to the musicians. They look at it. Said, okay, we can do this, and then they they almost knock it out on the first take, right? Yeah, true. I mean, they were that good. They they they're that good. And then and then uh, we listen to it a little bit, and we put a voice on it, and go from there. You know, well, Shauna, um, what what I liked about what Shauna did is she actually sent me the um, 
the uh, music ahead of time. But all she did was send me a raw melody version. No fills, you know, nothing in the background, nothing. Music. It was just the melody track. And that's what I had to practice with. <coughs> Sorry. Um, so anyway, so um, she wasn't going to release it until like September mm -hmm. last year. So I um, um, had a couple months, you know, to play with it and whatnot. And so I, I did, and, you know, felt like I was doing pretty good. So I went in the studio, put down the vocal. Um, but, you know, again, it was just nothing but the melody track and nothing else behind it. Um, and I sent it to her and, and um, then she went in behind and and and, then, and that's when she laid down all the fills, um, the background vocals, you know, did some cleanup mm -hmm. on the melody track. And, oh, it came out awesome. I mean, it was a piece of music that I was just, you know, very, very pleased with. So, so Shauna does a nice job on that. But yeah, you have to check it out. I will. I absolutely will. Yeah. <clears throat> So you let you were listening to uh, Christian music. What I ask a lot of people too is not square dance wise. What's your favorite genre of music? If you were just listening to it, probably my favorite genre of music is uh, well, of course you know I'm a '70s kind of guy, but my favorite genre is Southern rock. Absolutely, very nice. Yeah, I, I went to high school just a few, few miles south of you. Uh, where, 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 where? Valdosta. You went to Valdosta? Yeah, well, Wildcat. Very nice. Actually, no, no, no. I actually went to Lowndes County. Lowndes County. Okay. Yeah. I know where I Lowndes is. Yeah, I was yep. a Viking. Um, I, you know, it was in Valdosta. Valdosta yep. Georgia. I know. I, I pass Lowndes every time we go to Florida. We go that, right by the high school, high school. Right down 75. Yep. That's our football stadium right there. That's our high school. That's the and, Vikings, right? Yep. Yep. Lowndes County. Yep. I don't have much of a brain when it comes to remembering things, but for some reason – High school mascots and college mascots, I can nail all, as far as probably to Ohio, more or less. <laughs> I, I just knew it was a lounge Vikings in the, yeah. oh, my gosh, that's great. I yeah. had no idea. But, but you know, I, I, I graduated high school in 74, and that was, right, you know, right, right at the time when Southern Rock was, like, huge. And, uh, you know, you had the Allman Brothers and Marshall Tucker and Wet Willie and all those groups. And, wow. and so that, that – that became my genre. That, that was that was you know, and, and to this day, I still do it. In fact, on my on my uh, on my list of uh, uh, favorites, I'm going to give you let me give you give me here's my list of favorites. On my list of favorites, I've got uh, "Fire on the Mountain" by Marshall Tucker Band. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here, "Freebird." Freebird, absolutely, Leonard yeah. Skinner. Yep. Um, let's see here. We got uh, uh, Juke Joint Junkin. Juke ju Joint junk, Junkin. I recorded that myself. That was easy for me to say, wasn't it? Um, Simple Man. Simple Man. Simple Man. Probably one of my top Leonard three. Skinner. One of my yeah. top three singing calls for sure. That's on there. Um, um, let's see here. We've got a couple more. Uh, what was the. Oh, uh, can't you see? By uh, Marshall Tucker Band. Can't you see? Yeah, yeah, I got, I got mm -hmm. on my on my favorites. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's huge. I'm a huge Leonard Skinner fan. Um, uh, square dance wise, also, but just listening to it, love all Leonard Skinner stuff. 
Yeah. And um, that's one of my regulars every year at the Nashville with the with the band, the okay. Ghost Riders. Mm-hmm. It's Freebird. Yeah. Uh, they 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 really enjoy when we when we get together. That's awesome. with Freebird. I did I did Simple Man with them in Atlanta at the oh, Atlanta yeah, National Convention. Yep. I got yep. to do that with them, so that was a lot of fun. And I was telling that story, Scott Bennett, who uh, actually put that one out. He right. was the one that he was the MC for that hour and he introduced it. <laughs> and so that was awesome getting to do the song that he had put out with him standing there. So that was a lot of fun for me and that it went, it went well for me. So I was really happy with that. Right. Um, another thing just about you personally, um, if you can do it, favorite movie favorite or movies. Movie. Well, well, probably the all time favorite. You know, it's funny. We were talking about just at work the other day. It's like how many name the movies that you've seen ten times or more, <laughs> you know? And one guy's like, "Oh, I've never seen any movie ten times." But like, yes, you have. You've seen plenty of movies ten times. <laughs> I've probably seen The Godfather one, two, and three a million times. My, probably my all-time favorite movies. Okay. Um, you know, I, I just I, I'm the Godfather aficionado. Um, if, if, you know, if there was ever you know Godfather, well, we 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 will have to talk Godfather at Caller Lab coming up. Um, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Godfather's one and two guy, not so much three, but no, um, it's a little bit different. But yeah, one and, and, and one was just I mean, you don't get any better than that. Um, no, I, yeah. I, love, I love that. Uh, so then, that's good. Then I, also, in the top 10 for me would be uh, um, a few good men, Tom two good Cruise, men, absolutely. Okay, you know, that and then and then you know, I'm 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 a sucker for all the Rocky movies. Mm-hmm. I, I've, Very seen, nice. you know, I've, I've seen all those you know, at least 10 times or more you know it's yeah. like you're flipping channels you're flipping channels and you don't have don't know what to watch and all of a sudden you see one of those you just stop and watch it you know even if you start in the middle of it um, i think right after right when I, I don't know how old i was i was 10 11 12 something like that is when we first got hbo when it first oh, yeah. came out when you first had cable because i i was tv before cable but um Rocky was on HBO, and I, I watched—I don't know how many times, a hundred or more—just uh-huh. yeah, uh, yeah. because every day I would come home and I would flip on HBO, and there's Rocky, and I would watch it over and over and over again. Um, that was the first one. So, and and then of course with life, everything else with like the Green Mile and uh, oh, yeah, my, my all-time Tombstone is probably my favorite of all. Um, but. Uh, that's all. I had no idea. The Godfather's a great call. I wouldn't even think of it, although it's my, one of my favorite movies for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely got to be in the top. You know, at least one and two for sure, and three is in the top ten. And then, of course, I like all the you know, Back to the Futures. You know, you know. Oh, and sure. Oh, actually, my gosh. I actually, have, I actually have two chick flicks that, I, that are in my top ten. Um, one is Sweet Home Alabama. You ever see that? Uh, I have seen it. Remind me of Call the Lab. I'll tell you a great story about that. I don't want to do it on here. My mother-in-law would get upset with me. What else? And you the, other one, the other one's Fifty First Dates with Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. <laughs> you, you, you can't beat that. Fifty First Dates is phenomenal. I love that movie. You know? Oh, it is the best. Uh, my wife and I have watched it so many times on TBS and every other. Whenever it pops up, I'm watching it. I don't care if it's three minutes in or two exactly. two hours in. Uh, that uh, I love the Adam Sandler stuff, but that Fifty First Dates is, doesn't get any better than that. It's, it's really good. We got Caller Lab coming up, um, and uh, of course we got the Nationals uh, in June, and you have GSI with that, right? Um, hey, you, so, know what I, you know what else I get to do at the Nationals? 
What's that? I'm the keynote speaker this year. No kidding. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, fantastic. I'm pretty excited about that. Pretty excited Absolutely, about that. man. I'm looking forward to that. I didn't know. That's fantastic. Yeah. And and my theme, um, I give you guys a head start on my theme is is uh, dance like nobody's watching. Dance like nobody's watching. Okay. Yeah, the last last several years, and and I'm not. I don't want to get any, into any political discussion, but the last several years, you know, every keynote speech has been about you know. Uh, the dance program, you know, SSD, this and that, you know, and and just you know how to fix square dancing. Well, my 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 feeling is we need to fix square dancing by just enjoying the activity again, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and 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 showing the public that we enjoy what we do. You know, it's been a long time. I don't know how long you've been square dancing, Charlie. How how long you been? Uh, well. I've been square dancing about 28 years and calling yeah, so about 10. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll, you'll be able to identify with this. You know, back in the day when we first learned to square dance, man, we, we would all go out afterwards to, you know, some restaurant or something like yep. that. Always. And, 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 and there'd be, you know, there'd be 20, 30 people and we'd be cutting the fool and, and, and doing tips in the middle of the restaurant and, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, square dancing in the middle of the restaurant, and we were dancing like nobody was watching. But the thing is, people were watching. Yep. And that's why the activity was growing back then. Now yep. we don't do that anymore. You know, we're 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 we're, we're we've become a subculture that's almost hidden, mm -hmm. and, and we need to get back out in front of the public, and we need to dance like nobody's watching. We need to start doing demonstrations again in the malls and things like that. You know, we used to do that all the time. We, or, or the local fairs during the summer, yeah. you know, we we go out and do demonstrations and things like that. And I'm actually, you know, walking the walk because I'm doing doing a big demonstration at Coney Island in Cincinnati next month. Um, okay, one of my clubs and, and and getting out there and just showing the public whether it whether it recruits anybody that particular day remains to be seen. But what it does is it gives us the image back. It puts mm -hmm. us back front of the public's eye and and the only way we're going to do that is to get out there and and show we love this activity like nobody's watching you know we've yeah. mark twain coined that that phrase he said dance like nobody's watching you know love like you've never been hurt mm -hmm. you know sing like you don't need the money and okay. that and that's the attitude that we have to have um if we're going to bring our square dance back, you know, the, the non-dancing public hasn't a clue what a list is. No, 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 no. You know, so I, I, I don't have, I'm not going to sit there and, and worry about telling the non-dancing public, yeah, you're going to dance this list and, you know, become a square dancer. I'm just going to say, come out and have some fun with us yeah. and, and, and go to Frisch's or wherever we go afterwards, Big Boy, or, you yeah. know, Buffalo Wild Wings, whatever we do. And, and uh, let's have some good times together and, the sociability part of this activity, and that's what we need to sell by dancing like nobody's watching. So that's okay. going to be the theme to my keynote speech. I am looking forward to that, Jack. That is fantastic. Um, I had no idea you're the keynote speech. Uh, speaker, yeah, lucky. So. yeah, Tina and Tom, they it wasn't it was in Kansas City, they, you know, when when Mobile, uh, you know, basically won the bid, they came to me and and wow. uh, asked me if I'd be willing to do it, and I'm like, wow. What an honor. Absolutely. You ain't kidding. That is awesome. Well, I usually ask what's what's coming up for you, but we know now, and that's uh that that's big stuff right there. Um now and I I'm just want to go back. I, I love the Valdosta part of it. Is that what okay. got how, how did you start 
what got you into the Air Force? Where did you grow up at a uh, fa- military family or what? Yeah, yeah, my dad was Air Force. Okay. Uh, you know, I was born in Alaska. Um, went to uh, 12, 12 different schools in my 12 years of, of uh, you know, primary education. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, did a lot of moving around and whatnot, but uh, ended up at Moody Air Force Base okay. in Alaska. Uh, for my last three years, uh, actually last four years uh, of high school, you know, ninth through twelfth grade, and uh, um, actually, I was I was the first graduating class at Lowndes High School that went the entire full three years because it started in the tenth grade. That's how new that school was. Well, uh, I I never considered you a Georgia boy, but I'll give you a little bit of that. Oh yeah, I love Georgia man. And, <laughs> You know, very formative, you know, teenage years in Georgia. Oh, absolutely. And if you're looking for a place that's hot in the summer, you get down around Lowndes County and Valdosta on the Florida yep. line. That, that That's a different kind of heat down there, buddy. Absolutely. It's it's uh, it's pretty interesting. It was, it was a great place to grow up. Sure. But when are you going to get the call then? Um, hopefully soon. Uh, you know, I've never ventured that deep uh, to the south. Of it, uh, I, I get down to Macon. I've been in Savannah, but hopefully, and I go to Florida a lot. I call in Tampa quite a bit. All right, all right. you told me that. Yeah, and um, so uh, hopefully I'll get down around Valdosta and get down there. Call that's all still Elmer Sheffield land well, and all that stuff. Yeah, that's so. always been that's always been one of my pipe dreams is is uh, or or put it on my bucket list is a, is a call a dance in Valdosta, Georgia. Okay, uh, I haven't Sir, done it yet. I will make that happen. I I know people. Okay, I know people in Georgia. I will get you. I will get you down there. It'll be on. It'll be on our way to Florida one day when we're making a trip to Florida. We'll go through Valdosta. Absolutely. I, I, I that's always been on my bucket list to call call back home. And who knows? I might run into somebody that I do in high school. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Valdosta. So, so I, I guess I guess I wasn't clear on my question. When are you going to arrive? At Caller Lab this week. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to ask when I was going to call him about Um <laughs> Caller Lab, we're coming in. We're coming in on Sunday. We'll be there early Sunday morning. Uh, okay. I think we, I think we're out of Atlanta. I mean, really red eye early in the morning. So we should be in in there by Sunday midday. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we're, we're we're actually getting in there on Saturday because I. We have some meetings that start Sunday okay. uh, at 12.30, you know, the EC and board governors and all that. So we're going to go in on Saturday, relax the day. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm, there's there's so much going on next week. It's going to be really, really cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that um, state convention, our national convention, obviously. And uh, when, and we didn't talk to – I've talked to um, Justin and Tony a little bit too, but uh, the, the crew's coming up next year. Um, that, really is that wild? Look- Looking forward to that more than anything, I think, right now. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like the the admin guy for that cruise, you know. All right. And, yeah, and uh, we have 73 squares signed up. Wow. Um, and in fact, I got a, I'm fixing to send a letter out to everybody that's on the cruise. Um, uh, we just sat down and uh, finalized the schedule and how we're going to dance and everything. We have a... Um, the ballroom that's uh, four four thousand square feet, so oh. we're actually breaking people in the A and B group so that we can have two dancers a night, um, each night, and uh, you know so so for example like 
on day one, A group will dance from seven to or seven thirty to nine or something like that. Right. And B group will dance nine to ten thirty. Okay. And flip flop that the second night, B group goes first and A group goes second. Gotcha. Then then we put on the schedule and at least three nights, probably the nights we're at sea, um, if I remember correctly, we're gonna have a diehard uh, that's gonna start at eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, night and, and uh, all of, all the visiting callers that are on the on the ship are going to get to call it the Die Hard. And, and nice, uh, yeah. So you <clears throat> so bring the song too. I and, absolutely uh, will, man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, and that's going to you know we're going to do that, and then we're going to have several sessions during the day. Uh, we get uh, uh, you know not not only the ballroom ballroom, but during the day we get the ice skating rink. And we get the stage uh, in the in the uh, theater to dance yeah. on. Both those are big enough for like 15 squares. So we'll do some specialty dances, you know, some round dances in, in the stage because it's hardwood, and uh, uh, some advanced dances and, and all nice. that kind of stuff. And we're even thinking about keeping in some C1. But we're sold out. Did they tell you that? Yeah, they did tell me that. Yep, I've heard that. Yeah. Luckily, we, we got in early. Yeah, I know you guys did. Uh, but what we're doing is, um, in case anybody's looking or listening, um, we're actually, we started the waiting list, but we're actually letting people sign up for the cruise that's on the waiting list if they want to, um, under the assumption they know that they can't dance um, at the regular dances until somebody else cancels and we get them in, because uh, we just don't have the room. But right. they will be able to dance at the diehard dances. Um, they will be able to, you know, be with us, you know, just like everybody else for dinner because we're going to have our own area for dinner. Uh, they'll be able to join us for the, uh, the the private cocktail party and all that other kind of stuff. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to. It. We never, in our wildest dreams, ever thought it would, you know, be, be what this is. When we got these guys together, we thought, hey, if we get about 15, 20 squares, we'll be happy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who ever thought? It's it's cool. I'm, I'm taking cool. taking over the whole boat. That's nice. Yeah. Or yeah. a big. It, it's a large. It's the biggest boat there is right now. So no, you're yeah. not taking no, it over. Are, but that's a lot. We are the largest group. We are the largest group on the on the ship, and, and uh, we'll be treated very. And I might even get to. I might even get to do it. Well, that's one less thing on my bucket list. Calling on a cruise ship. So oh yeah, you're, if I do a second call. That'd be phenomenal. You will. That won't. That's that's undoubted. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Jack, more than one time. I hope we covered everything. Anything else you can think of to talk about right now? Um, no, not really. I, I I appreciate you letting me do this. Man, uh, I've been looking forward to it. I really have. Um, and uh, I hope, you cut out, hope you cut out a couple of these things and trim it up a little bit. But. <laughs> I, I'm not that good at the editing yet. I can yeah. put them together, but I don't know how to take stuff out. But we're all good on that. Um, yeah. So... Before we go, I just want to remind everybody who watches or listens to this. It's on. Uh, I'm putting some on Facebook now, but it's also on YouTube and Spotify. So make sure you subscribe and all that stuff and share it. Please share it so that the callers that don't get to listen to it or don't know about it yet can hear about it. Because stories like Jack is just phenomenal the way he taught himself and um, then became a, a teacher and doing what he does today. Jack, I couldn't thank you more for where I am in calling right now. Um, you've done a lot for me, and uh, I look forward to seeing you in about two, in about a week now So yeah, at, yeah. At, at Reno. Um, it's been I, a pleasure. I, appreciate, I appreciate what you're doing here and, and, and all the things you do. And I, I tell you what, I really 
like watching how you've progressed over the years and, and uh, you're, you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you, Jack. That means a lot to me, brother. It was great. You're talking basically to you, dancing sir. like nobody's watching. I Absolutely. That's it. That's the keynote right there. Jack, great talking to you, brother. I'll talk to you in about a week. All right. Take it easy, man. Yes, sir. Bye.